Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. I hope you all had yourselves a great Memorial Day weekend. Mine was really fun. I got to go out and enjoy the nice weather, went on a few hiking trails, as well as just hang out with a little bit of family. So hopefully you guys were able to do so. At the very least, I hope you guys were able to watch the races this weekend, because let me tell you, the races at Charlotte, the race at Monaco, and even the Indianapolis 500 were all great races. If you did not know what happened in the race at Monaco, I know a lot of people don't really keep track of Formula 1. But let me tell you, that race all the way to the very end was very exciting. Four cars had an opportunity to win that race. Uh, granted, both of them were Red Bull as well as Ferrari. But you know what? They still put on one heck of a race there at the end. It wasn't Max Verstappen that was able to get the victory. That was the person I went for. But it was his teammate instead able to get the victory. As far as the Indianapolis 500 went, it looked like Scott Dixon dominated the most part of that race, leading 95 laps. But in the end, though, it was Marcus Erickson who was able to get the victory as he was able to lead 13 laps in that race and win the Indianapolis 500. For those of you who do not know who Marcus Erickson is, uh, most of you may remember him from when he won the street course race at Nashville. And he was the driver who wrecked in the early stages of that race, actually wrecked under caution, but he was able to wind up in victory lane. Yeah, that race wasn't the greatest in the world, but this weekend it was, and he is victorious, and he deserves that victory, so great job for him. He had O'Ward finish second, Tony Kanaan finished third, Felix Rosenquist finished fourth, and round at the top five was Alexander Rossi. So hopefully you guys were able to watch that. My drivers that I were going for, uh, Jimmy Johnson was one. He led two laps in this race. He was running up front for the most part. But unfortunately, he got into an accident at lap number 193, so he's credited with the 28th position. Roman Grosjean, another person I'm a big fan of. Fortunately, he wrecked out on lap number 105. And then we had Juan Pablo Montoya. You guys may remember Juan Pablo Montoya. He was able to finish 11th overall in this race. And Scott Dixon, even though he led the most laps, unfortunately, he was one of the last cars on the lead lap. Finished 21st with Marco Andretti right behind him in 22nd. But enough of IndyCar and Formula One. This is a NASCAR podcast, and I know what you guys are here to listen to. You're here to listen to the final results and biggest takeaways from each race here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. If you watch the Truck Series race, it was a great race. If you watch the Xfinity Series race, it was a great race between JR Motorsports. And if you watch the Coca-Cola 600, it's probably one of the greatest intermediate races I have seen in a very, very long time. If not, the greatest 600 of all time. It was just phenomenal this weekend for race fans and we're going to dive into it and for each and every single race so let's first start off with the truck series race that happened on friday it is now time to look at the final results for the 10th race of the 2022 season for the camping world truck series All right, so let's look at a few statistics before we dive into the final results. No trucks missed the race. as only 35 trucks entered into this race. There was a total of five cautions for 25 laps for a truck series race that's kind of small. And we had 15 lead changes amongst nine different drivers. That's a really good race for the top of the charts here for a truck series race. In the end, though, it was a driver who races currently in the Cup Series. 
At one point, they thought a cylinder was going down on the truck, but he was still able to come back, lead four laps in this race, and get his fourth win in the truck series. I am talking about the number 41 of Ross Chastain, able to collect the victory here at Charlotte. He is your winner here of the North Carolina Education Lottery 200. Finishing second, we got the number 23 of Grant Infinger. In the third spot was the number four of John Hunter Nemechek. Finishing fourth was the number 98 of Christian Eckes. Finishing fifth was the number 38 of Zane Smith. In the sixth spot was the number 15 of Tanner Gray. Finishing seventh was the number 51 of Kyle Busch. Finishing eighth was the number 18 of Chandler Smith. Finishing ninth was the number 52 of Stuart Friesen. And rounding out the top 10 was the number 99 of Ben Rhodes. So noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 10 that we should mention. Finishing 11th was the number 17 of Ryan Priest. In the 13th spot was the number 60 six of Ty Majeski. Finishing 16th in this race was the number 42 of Carson Hosefar with Matt DiBenedetto in the number 25 right behind him. Going down the roster, we got the number one of Haley Deegan, unfortunately running into some more problems. She now finishes 27th overall in this race. Uh, Jesse Little in the 0-2 finishes 32nd and round out the field out by lap number 38 due to dry shaft issues. We got the number 46 of Brandon Poole. And that is your final results here for the North Carolina Education Lottery 200. So first things first, big congrats to Ross Chastain. He honestly was not the driver to beat in this race. If there was a driver to beat in this race, it was the number 42 of Carson Hosefar. Carson Hosefar had this race locked in the bag. Like, it was his race all the way to the end, and then an incident happened between Jesse Little and the number 16 in turn number 3, and just, what was that, about five laps left to go in the race, and then everyone gets bunched up, and then he goes too hard into one and two and takes out Ryan Priest with him, and Carson Hosevar once again does not collect the victory here in the Truck Series. Still winless here in the Truck Series. I keep telling people, you know what, give him time. Give him time. He's going to wind up in victory lane. But, man, it's always tough to get your first victory. And I think this race summed it up really perfectly. I mean, you have no competition around you. It is your race to lose, and then a caution comes out with five laps to go, and then on restart, you get a little too antsy. We'll be honest, Carson Hosevar was way too antsy on that re final restart, and you take yourself out, and then you finish 16th, and you're once again reminded that you have not gotten a victory yet. Just a bummer for the Carson Hosevar, and a bummer for Ryan Priest, too. Uh, Ryan Priest decided to do the triple duty here this weekend in both the Truck Series the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. I know I said both. I meant all three. And he had an opportunity to win it. If it wasn't going to be Carson Hosefar, it was going to be him. Well, Hosefar went too far into turns one and two, and Ryan Priest was understandably upset. At the same time, though, it was at the very end of the race. So, I mean, I don't know how much grief you can give to Carson Hosefar racing that hard, but Ryan Priest let everybody know on television, if you're trying to get into racing, don't do what the number 42 truck did. I was like, holy crap, he didn't uh, give him no mercy. But the Watermelon Man was able to collect the victory, and Grant Infinger, the number 23, came so very close to getting that victory as well. Just unfortunately was not able to do it. Zane Smith had a phenomenal race lead in 52 laps. The one person that shocked me who didn't do that phenomenal in this race was Kyle Busch in the number 51 truck. I don't know what was going on with him, but he was not the driver to beat at all in this race. In fact, Kyle Busch Motorsports, I don't think, led a single lap in this race. John Hunter Nemechek led zero laps. 
Chandler Smith led zero laps. Yeah, I don't see any of them leading a single lap in this race. So quite a shocker here for a mile and a half track for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Grant, they were all able to finish in the top 10. You just expect a little bit more out of that team, especially when Kyle Busch is running the race. Overall, there really wasn't anybody or any team that really popped out as a team that absolutely struggled in this race. Maybe Boyd Motorsports, I mean, their best truck uh, was able to finish 24th while the rest of them did not even finish on the lead lap. In fact, the one that finished 24th finished two laps down. So a struggling team right there. But other than that, it was an overall really good race here. If you're a Carson Hosefar fan, you're absolutely bummed out. But if you're a Trackhouse Racing fan or a Ross Chastain fan, you enjoyed that finish because Ross Chastain was able to get the edge on the final restart to edge out Grant Infinger and John Hunter Nemechek to get a victory down here in the truck series. Now let's move on to the Xfinity Series race. The 13th race of the 2022 season it is now time to dive into the final results for the Alsco Uniforms 300. All right, so a few statistics that we should look at before we dive into the final results. We had a total of 42 cars enter into this race, meaning four cars missed out on the main event, which was the number 91 of Mason Massey, the 08 of David Starr, the number 77 of Ronnie Bassett Jr., and the number 28 of Kyle Sieg. None of these four drivers were able to qualify their way in. We had eight cautions for 44 laps and 12 lead changes amongst five different drivers. In the end, though, it was the driver who led the most laps in this race with the most dominant team by far in the race. It was still a really good one, but the man who absolutely dominated was the number eight of Josh Berry for JR Motorsports. Collects a victory here at Charlotte. He is your winner of the Allsco Uniforms 300. Finishing second was the number 54 of Ty Gibbs. Finishing third was the number one of Sam Mayer. Finishing fourth, we had the number nine of Noah Gregston. Finishing fifth was the number five of Ryan Priest. In the sixth spot was the number 11 of Daniel Hemrick. Finishing seventh was the number seven of Justin Allgaier. Finishing eighth was the top finishing rookie of Sheldon Creed. Finishing ninth was the number 18 of Trevor Bain. And round out the top 10 was the number 31 of Myatt Snyder. Some noticeable drivers we should mention who finished outside the top 10. We had Brett Moffitt in the 0-2 finish 11th. Going down the roster in the 16th position was the number 19 of Brandon Jones. Finishing 19th was the number 16 of AJ Allmendinger. All the way back in 31st was the number 48 of Austin Dillon. He got caught up in an accident on lap 109. And then rounding out the field was the number 13 of Timmy Hill. He was in an accident on lap number 25 and exited the race credited with the 38th position. And that's your final results here for the 13th race of the 2022 season for the Xfinity Series. So basically, the best way to describe this race was it was JR Motorsports with a special appearance from the number five of Ryan Priest. Honestly, it was going to be a JR Motorsports car to get the victory. Maybe Ty Kibbs could have got an upset victory here in this race if a caution would have came out. But they were just so dominant. I mean, these guys were doing passes back and forth from each other. Let me show you the laps led here real quick. I'll go from most laps led to least laps led. We got Josh Berry, who led 89 laps. He finishes first. Finishing seventh was the number seven of Justin Allgaier. He led 63 laps in this race. And if he doesn't get the tire to go down in the final few laps, he would have probably finished second or first with his partner. And then we had Noah Gregson, who finished fourth. He led 36 laps. Ryan Priest in the number five led 10 laps, and Sam Mayer led two laps. Nobody else. Those were the only drivers who led laps in this race. Just an incredible job by them all around as a team, and I, I don't think anyone makes the argument anymore. Uh, the team to beat here in the Xfinity Series is JR Motorsports. 
They have been for so many years. They've had such talented drivers come up within their team. It's Kelly Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr. just know which drivers to pick up. Josh Berry, he's an older driver compared to some newer drivers who come into the Xfinity Series and Truck Series. And look how great he's doing in that number eight car. Sam Mayer, one of the most talked about up-and-coming talents. Noah Gregston, the next driver who should be in the Cup Series here anytime soon. They are all phenomenal drivers. And Justin Allgaier, we got to include him in there too. I don't think he's ever going to move it back into the Cup Series. I think he's comfortable down here in the X-Fandy Series. But for many years, he's always been competitive in that number seven machine. So hands down, JR Motorsports knows what they are doing here. And this race was a perfect example of that. And like I said, in the end, though, we only had six cars finished on the lead lap. So how in the world was this a good race? It was because first and second were so close to each other and they were still doing passing back and forth. It was just a fun race for these guys. I I already said in the Truck Series race, that was a fun one. It it went on over here into the Xfinity Series. Uh, I mean, yes, the final stint did last a long time. I mean, the last caution came out at 1.11 and this was a 200 lap uh, main event, but the race was still really good, and JR Motorsports has put one hell of a clinic, to say the least. If I had to talk about anybody who was a bummer in this race, who kind of let us down, I have to say it was Austin Dillon, the 48, I mean, to be caught up in that accident in the mid-pack of the field, when just a week before, they had the number 48 car in victory lane. Yeah, that's a little bit of a kick in the pants right there, especially it was your teammate last week who got the victory, and then you can't finish the race, so I bet that's bugging Austin Dillon in a little bit, but he'll move on from that. It's not like it was a Cup Series race for him. Just getting a little bit of practice here at Charlotte. And then Brandon Jones deserves a recognition. Brandon Jones was probably had the most exciting race out of anybody here in this race. I mean, I can't tell you how many times he went sideways in this race and was able to save it a couple times. One time he almost flew back onto the racetrack and collected a couple drivers. Thank goodness everyone missed him. But he had a very, very interesting race, to say the least. He finished his 16th, two laps down, but he definitely made the highlight reel on a couple of occasions. Overall, again, another good race, but we all know which one we want to talk about. I wanted to make these ones quick because we got to talk about the longest race in NASCAR history. Yep, it is considered the longest race by miles because this is a 600-mile main event, and we went 13 laps over So you know what that means? This was almost a 620-mile event. Absolutely crazy, but let me tell you, it did not feel like 600 miles. It just felt like nothing but action-packed fun. Why don't we dive into it? It is now time to look at the final results for the 14th race of the 2022 season for the Cup Series, the Coca-Cola 600. As always, let's look at a few statistics before we dive into the main results. We only had 37 cars enter into this race. That absolutely shocked me. I thought we were going to have way more cars enter into this race. I thought we would have a full field, but apparently we didn't. Only one open charter car, which was the number 50 team of Kaz Grala, who entered into this race. We had 18 cautions for 90 laps. 18 cautions! Believe it or not, the most ca- not the most cautions we have seen in a Coca-Cola 600. And here's the craziest statistic. 31 lead changes amongst 13 different drivers. You could not figure out who was going to win this race. 
In the end, though, it was the pole sitter who got the victory, and he only scored one stage point throughout the entire race. Of course, I'm talking about the number 11 of Denny Hamlin led 15 laps in this race, and he finally wins the Coca-Cola 600, claims that last crown jewel that he's been trying to go for. He is your winner here of the 14th race of the 2022 season. Finishing second, we have the number 18 of Kyle Busch, and the third spot was the number four of Kevin Harvick. Finishing fourth was the number 14 of Chase Briscoe. Finishing fifth was the number 20 of Christopher Bell. In the sixth spot was the number eight of Tyler Reddick. Finishing seventh was the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. In the eighth spot was the number 34 of Michael McDowell. Finishing ninth was the number five of Kyle Larson. Finishing tenth was the number 48 of Alex Bowman. In the eleventh spot was the number 21 of Harrison Burton. Finishing twelfth was the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. In the thirteenth spot was the number 42 of Ty Dillon. In fourteenth was the number 43 of Eric Jones. Fifteenth, the number one of Ross Chastain. Finishing sixteenth, another rookie, the number 38 of Todd Gillen. Finishing seventeenth was the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Eighteenth, the number Number 51 of Cody Ware. Finishing 19th was the number 78 of BJ McLeod. And rounding out the top 20, we have the number 22 of Joey Logano. And let's just look at the rest of the field because basically everyone who is worth mentioning finished outside the top 20. Colt Custer finishes 21st. Austin Dillon, the number 3, 22nd. Kaz Grawl in the number 50 finishes 23rd. 24th was the number 16 of Noah Gregson. Daniel Suarez in the number 99 finishes 25th. 26th was the number 17 of Chris Busher. 27th and number 31 of Justin Haley. Finishing 28th was the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. 29th and number 12 of Ryan Blaney. 30th and number 6 of Brad Keselowski. 31st and number 45 of Kurt Busch. 32nd and number 24 of William Byron. Chase Elliott in the number 9 finishes 33rd. The rookie in the number 2 of Austin Cedric finishes 34th. 35th was the number 7 of Corey LaJoy. Finishing 36th was the number 77 of Josh Balicki. And round at the field, out by lap number 16, it was the number 15 of Ryan Priest. And that is your final results here for the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte. Holy cow, what a race. I mean, everything happened in this race. The only thing we did not get was... I'd say a side-by-side -side photo finish and a fight. Basically, everything else happened in this race. You couldn't have asked for a better crown jewel event race than what we got here this weekend. The next-gen car did horrible in the all-star race, and it really scared me here for this Coca-Cola 600. But I think this race here just proved how great of a racetrack Charlotte Motor Speedway is and how garbage of a racetrack Texas Motor Speedway is. This race lasted for 5 hours and 13 minutes. The drivers clearly stated and a lot of the fans even at one point were pointing like this is a long ass race. But let's be honest here. It did not feel like a 600 mile event. It was just fun from beginning to end. These guys were racing hard the entire race. Passing was going on all over the racetrack. I mean 13 drivers at least led a lap in this race, and there was 31 lead changes. Just people passing back and forth. And to be honest here, uh, at one point, if you dominated the race, you were in jeopardy of being involved in an accident. Don't believe me? Chase Elliott won stage one, and he gets involved in an accident. Uh, actually, I think he spun out and hit the wall. I think that's what originally took him out of this race. And he was not able to get his car fixed in time, and he's out by lap number 188 after leading 86 laps in this race. Okay, let's move on to another driver, William Byron. He looked really good at one point in this race. He gets caught up in an accident with uh, Ryan Blaney getting a little loose going around the turn and takes out a bunch of cars, including Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, Bubba Wallace, and that 2311 team was also doing really good in this race as well, and they just all got taken out. 
Chris Busher in the number 17, he gets involved in the first uh, caution of the race with Ryan Priest. He gets the car going, he starts running up front, and then he starts flipping on lap number 346 because Daniel Suarez gets loose, um, tries to fit into a corner that he was not able to in front of Chase Briscoe, spins out, and then you get Chris Busher who runs into the back of him, and the car just digs in and starts flipping multiple times on the front straightaway. I, I, you can't make this stuff up. And it still keeps on going. You had Ross Chastain lead 153 laps in this race. Absolutely dominant. Actually, it was this close. 189 laps um, was how many laps Trackhouse Racing led. They almost led half the race. Their Trackhouse Racing is not falling off by any means. So you should honestly try to put them on your fantasy roster as almost as much as you can. They just need to finish these races. And for the most part, they've been doing so with Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, and that's a little bit of a different story, but they're getting there. I mean, Daniel Suarez won states too. So obviously they're doing something right. Uh, Ross Chastain at one point, he's running up front and then he gets caught up with an incident with Kyle Larson. And Kyle Larson, speaking of him, he finishes in the top 10 in this race. But if you watch the first half of this race, you would have never believed me that he was able to do that. Everything happened to this man. Everything. He he literally had three speeding penalties. He hit into the wall. He had to go to a backup car. At one point, he caught on fire, believe it or not. And he was able to almost win the race in that number five car. And he led 51 laps. That's how crazy this race is. I said all this stuff real quickly, and that's not even half of the stuff that happened. Honestly, here's a great way to describe how chaotic this race was. When they were talking about statistics, the only driver in the top 20 to not suffer from either a speeding penalty, involved in an accident, or having a mishap on pit road, any of that stuff, there was only one driver who was able to do that, and that was the number 42 of Ty Dillon. So, uh, bravo to that team having a super clean race for 600 miles. Nobody else had a clean race. Nobody. But I kind of went on a long tangent there just trying to describe a bunch of stuff. Why don't we go back to a little bit of organization here. Let's talk about the teams that absolutely impressed us. I think the first one you got to give recognition to is Trackhouse Racing once again. I mean, they led almost 50% of this race. Ross Chastain, phenomenal car. Daniel Suarez, phenomenal car. Unfortunately, they just got caught up in some mishaps. Daniel Suarez, that was his fault, unfortunately. There's just no other way to put it. He tried to come up on a driver where he didn't have the room and it took himself out. If that doesn't happen, he finishes in the top five or maybe gets his first win here in the NASCAR Cup Series. So bummer there, but Justin Marks and that entire Trackhouse Racing team still should hold their heads up high because they had phenomenal cars throughout this entire race. Unfortunately, the finishes does not uh, recognize how well those cars were. Uh, you got to also give a shout out to Stuart Haas Racing for having both Kevin Harvick and Chase Briscoe finish in the top five. I don't think anyone really suspected uh, Chase Briscoe to do anything in this race. I know some people did on TikTok. I remember some people saying, you should use him as a sleeper. I did not think he was going to do that great. Stuart Haas Racing has been struggling, and they were struggling in this race as well. But it just seems like everything just played through their favor, and they were able to finish there near the top. And Chase Briscoe had, at one point, the car to beat. So good job for those guys to have that much of a comeback. And Joe Gibbs Racing. Man, Joe Gibbs Racing. They were just there at the right time. They weren't getting any stage points hardly at all in this race. I mean, Martin Trex Jr. got an 8th and ninth place finish in the stages. And Christopher Bell got a 3rd place finish in the stages. Other than that, though, they were hanging right there around the top 10 or slightly behind the top 10. It was a rough race for them in the midway through. But to have Denny Hamlin come back and get a victory, which is his second win of the year. Now he's really locked himself in into the playoffs. 
playoffs. And then Kyle Busch coming back from his incidents. I mean, he spun out at one point and he was having tire problems. He's able to finish second. Christopher Bell, he had problems in this race. I mean, everyone had problems, but these guys mostly had tire issues and they were able to jump back and finish here in the top five, three of them. And then Martin Trex Jr. finishing 12th. So really good run for them. And now let's give a shout out to some of the smaller teams who finished really well in this race. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., fourth straight top 10 for that team. Incredible job by those guys. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., I think, is a good fifth pick right now for fantasy going on forward. He keeps finishing in the top 10, and he's really showing everyone, hey, he's still a good driver worth a spot here in the Cup Series. That team does not have a lot of funding. But man, for him to finish in the top 10 once again, especially at a couple of unique racetracks. These racetracks weren't all the same. Now, granted, Kansas and Charlotte could be a little bit similar since they're both mile and a half. But you cannot compare those tracks to Darlington and Dover, other tracks where he finished in the top 10. So great run for him. Keep an eye on him. You may want to use him again next week at Worldwide Technology Raceway. I mean, this consistency is very impressive to say the least for this number 47 team. And Michael McDowell. I don't think anyone talked about Michael McDowell at all in this race in that number 34 car, but he finished in the top 10. Bravo for him for on that 8th place finish, and his partner Todd Gillen finishing 16th, uh, the last car on the lead lap. Now, that may not sound too exciting of an accomplishment, being the last car on the lead lap, but you know what? He was still able to finish 16th, and for as much chaoticness to happen in this race, for both their cars to finish on the lead lap, not many teams, if not any team, can say that. Except for Petty GMS Racing, who was able to finish 13th and 14th in this race. In the end, though, they were able to get a safe finish. Harrison Burton in the 21, good job for him to finish 11th in this race. Uh, top finishing rookie, I mean, that's always a good um, award to get in a race, especially when you're going up against someone with Penske equipment in the number two car. And then Cody Ware with the top 20 finish. That is another race where he kept his nose clean and got rewarded for it. Darlington, he finished in 19th. And then this race, he finishes 18th. Just good job for by that team there for Rick Ware Racing. For them to be able to get top 20 finishes like this, um, that close to each other, is very impressive. I know a lot of people give him grief. I mean, even myself, I like to give him grief. But we got to give recognition to this team when they're doing good. And they were able to do that once again in a crown jewel event, not Nonetheless, so good job for them and BJ McLeod. This team finished six laps down. The, the 78 team was six laps down, but they finished 19th because guess what? They were just like the 51 car and all the other cars we mentioned, and they stayed out of trouble. Good job for BJ McLeod. I know it's been a rough, rough, rough season for this team so far, but hopefully this top 20 finish is a, makes them feel a, a pretty good about themselves to be able to finish that high up in a race. But Joey Logano finishes 20th in this race, and he didn't even finish the race. He was out on lap number 405. That's how crazy it was. Watch highlights, guys. You just got to watch highlights. Like I said earlier, this is probably the best intermediate race I've seen in a very, very long time. If not, it was the best one. Congratulations to Joe Gibbs Racing. Congratulations to Trackhouse Racing on their dominant performance. Even though it didn't show up in the end, you still got to give this team recognition. Congratulations to the smaller teams finishing in the top 10. And congratulations to you guys for just even having the opportunity to watch this race. Such a fun race. It's an A-plus for me. 10 out of 10 race. Watch the highlights you need to. And good job by Charlotte Motor Speedway for putting on one hell of a race here with the next Gen Car.
conclude the final results for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This is definitely a, a complete 180 from last week's podcast because I remember last week I was pissed. I was so pissed about everything. This week I can't be pissed. I mean, you had a great truck race. You had a great Xfinity race. You had fun watching the Monaco race, the Indianapolis 500, and then the Coca-Cola 600 over-delivered on every single way. So phenomenal job for them. Uh, congratulations to the people who finished in the top three in our NASCAR Field Filler League. We had IDK123 score 202 points. You may want to change your name after this weekend because you clearly showed that you knew all the craziness that was going to happen here in this race as you were able to score 200 plus points. Great job for you. You win this weekend here in our NASCAR Fantasy League. Finishing second was Thundergun3 at 196 points. And a two-way tie for third, Charlie's Racers and Turn Sheen both with 194 points. Again, thank you to everyone who participates in our NASCAR league, which is fantasygames.nascar.com at NASCAR Field Fillers. We have 41 members here on this roster, so it's been a lot of fun playing against all you guys. And the competition is getting really close here. Thundergun is taking the lead at 2,703 points. I'm in second place with 2,696. And then Turn Sheen at 2,624. The winner of this League will be getting a 124 diecast, and guess what, guys? I finally got someone who can make the stickers. I already got the diecast already stripped up, ready to go. I just need someone to get the diecast decals ready for me. So this prize is happening. There's no other way to put it. This prize will happen if, for some reason, let's say he can't do it and we can't find anyone. Now, still get you guys uh, 124 diecast. Believe me, the winner deserves a good award. But again, that's at fantasygames.nascar.com. If you do want to follow me on other social medias to watch daily videos, you can do so at TikTok at VanillaWafers44 or YouTube at VanillaWafers. I post plenty of videos on both those channels and right now the biggest thing going on is the 64 man bracket we went a little bit slower this week and probably this week we're going to go in the same speed it's because i want every single matchup to have significant importance for people to choose on because we're moving into the round of 16 here close to determine who the best driver in nascar is ever according to you guys and then also follow me out on twitter at tyler v 33 if you want to talk during the nascar races i do so there for the most part except for the last 20 laps i usually do a live stream for you guys on TikTok for you guys to watch and join in and enjoy the last few laps of the race. La- uh, this race, we ran to some technical difficulties. I got it going and then all of a sudden stopped, got it back going, and it ended on me again. So a little bit bummer there, but hey, it is what it is. Above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been... The Field Filler Podcast.